on Power Talk AM 1460 and FM 101.1. Streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show. You're listening to The Jam Price Show, and today my guests are Jonas Schernick and Jeremy Lalonde. And Jonas is a co-writer, producer, and lead actor in this movie we're going to talk about. And Jeremy is the director, co-writer, and editor, and they're both award-winning. And we're going to be talking about their latest film, James versus His Future Self. Welcome to the show, Jeremy and Jonas. Thanks, Jen. Thanks for having us. Well, uh, it's my pleasure. This is such a fun movie. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. It, it it's such a great concept. So, um, tell me first of all, that, so our audience knows a little bit about what this movie's about. Um, since you both co-wrote it, <laughs> I'll, Jeremy, I think this was your idea, right? Was this idea yours or Jonas? Uh, well, I came to Jonas with wanting to uh, develop something in this kind of genre and, and space, but actually, the spark of the idea came from something that he had dormant in his mind for some time. So I let him talk about that. All yeah, right. it, the idea. The idea originally start, it started off probably as far back as when I was in my late teens and I was backpacking through Europe trying to, quote unquote, find myself. Uh, and I didn't find myself, but I, I often <laughs> start thinking, well, what would happen if I literally found myself in a cafe in, in Brussels or something? Um, and and that, that sort of stuck with me for years and years and years. And I, I, I noodled with it and finally kind of came up with this idea of a, of a, a man who goes into a bad with himself and I saw this as a comedy um, and when I pitched that basically just that one sentence to Jeremy and he said oh let's let's run with it and what we ended up developing was the story of James scientist who has been obsessed his whole life with becoming the world's first time traveler and he's just as he's on the cusp of, of making this sort of seminal discovery that will lead to this invention he gets kidnapped and accosted by a, a, a grumpy angry older version of himself who's come back in time to say please don't take that job on Friday because if you do get that promotion, you will invent time travel and it will make you a miserable, lonely person like me. And I'm here to stop you from doing it. And so the, the comedy of this of this time travel story is really the younger James wants to pursue this because he's excited to become this world's first time traveler and he has his own reasons for wanting to do so. And his older, wiser self is a progressively more aggressively trying to stop him from doing it. It is so much fun and then jeremy how did you how did you get involved i mean in this as soon as he said that you said yes let's jump on this and you started writing it together yeah so like jonas said like he kind of had the man versus himself literally concept um and uh, and so we i think i think there was might have been like a concept around time travel that jonas had tinkered in with that but the, but it wasn't much further developed than that so we just kind of batted back and forth what would be some of the more interesting um aspects of that to play with but also like what kind of film that i want to make genre that we want to play in. You know, we're both big fans of stuff like, you know, Back to the Future and Groundhog Day. And also <laughs> kind of the films that Jonas and I make are very much, um, you know, they're all comedies, most pretty much um, for the most part. Uh, but they're also very rooted in like, you know, drama of the human condition and kind of like figuring out, you know, parts of yourself. So we, it took a little while once we had the core concept of the time travel and the man literally against himself. Uh, before we, we really latched into this concept of uh, of the movie being about a man learning how to live in the present uh, and be comfortable with the present as opposed to the, the, 
being obsessed with the past and the future, which, which so many of us are. And right. uh, and once we uh, we kind of like hitched onto that theme, I think it just exploded and it really uh, brought the project to a new level in the script form, but also for us personally. It was a, it's a journey that I think Jonas and myself have both been on as well as, as parents and, and, and creators trying to just be more present and not be caught up in all the other things and, you know, past regrets and and all the things we hope to do in the future, but just be focused on where we are in the here and now. And that's the greatest lesson we can all learn. And I think right now with everything that's going on in the world with this uh, pandemic, with the COVID-19, and you know what I'm hearing from friends, from many friends, is that they have become more introspective and looking at their lives and evaluating things. And they're off that, you know, treadmill that we all get on. And we've all slowed up to begin to look at those things. And, and I think one of the lessons for many people, and myself included, is about that being more present to the moment. And so this movie is a great message of that. You've got the wonderful Daniel Stern playing uh, your future self, Jonas. And so tell me a little bit about the casting of Daniel and how you attracted him to this project. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we had a very, very short list and he was on the very top of it. And he's one of these actors that Jeremy and I grew up on his films, The Home Alone and City Slickers. And I mean, I remember seeing Diner when I was way too young to be seeing Diner uh, <laughs> and, and just and, and really connecting with him as a character and as an actor. And so we've kind of grown up with him uh, in these sort of seminal movies that we've watched. And so there's this feeling of, of nostalgia with Daniel Stern. Like we, we kind of know him and he's been there with us all this time. And we thought that that, that, you know, I think as a bonus that played in really nicely to the casting of, of him in this role, because this is a movie about looking back and nostalgia. But he, he's an underrated actor. I mean, he's known for physical comedy because of Home Alone and City Slickers, but he is a, he's a real actor. He's an actor, and he's, you know, he's been on Broadway, and, and he's done some really great stuff, but we haven't seen him do this yet, and we thought it would be so fun to watch him kind of chew up the scenery in this movie he gets to play <laughs> broad comedy but he also gets to play you know deep dark, deep emotion and yearning and honest and he's so truthful and honest in the film and and uh, he's been acknowledged for it. he got nominated for a canadian academy award he's, he's wow. certainly nominated for best supporting actor yeah and he won for uh, the toronto after dark best supporting actor as well he won for what yeah Jeremy, say that again. Sorry, he, uh, there was a, uh, it's a very big genre festival called Toronto After Dark, and uh, Daniel won Best Supporting Actor uh, in that in that as well. Yeah, so he's won, you know, he's won a jury prize at a big festival, and now he's nominated for the Canadian Academy Award. And he just read the script and and, and really loved it, and got on a call with us and started talking about his ideas and his thoughts and he became a true collaborator with us. We were, we had the benefit of having him attached to the project almost a year before we started shooting. And so we really got to work with him and his contributions to the story and the script and to the character were really invaluable. He, he's been a real part of our, of our team. And he, he did help with some of the, uh, he did give you some input on some of the things from, my, from the research that I did. But what was really what I loved about what you did in this film, because obviously the physical resemblance between Daniel Stern and yourself, Jonas, uh, is very different because he's, what, six inches taller or something like that than, than you are. And I love how you addressed that in the film. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and how you did that? Yeah. 
I think we, we never really intended on finding someone that was just like a hundred percent doppelganger for Jonas. Um, you know, we, I mean, there's, there's, I can, Jonas, I'll let Jonas tell the, the story of how once we had done, I mean, we kind of decided that whatever, uh, we wanted an actor that, that had the same essence as Jonas. Uh, and a lot of you, if you look at like stuff like Diner and that kind of stuff, you look at the early work of, of Daniel Stearns, they definitely share a lot of similarities and kind of like playing the nebbish nerdy type. Uh, but Daniel has grown into something else, just like James is something else. Or Jimmy, uh, the, the, you know, the, the second version of James that, that Daniel plays has become something else. And so that's all we really wanted was the essence. And we decided that, you know, whatever physical differences there were, uh, we would just turn into like some kind of, we find a gag to write around. Uh, but it was interesting too, in that like leading up to production, uh, Jonas, you know, put on his actor hat and started, we started studying Daniel Stern films. Yeah. I, 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 I thought I would do not an impression of Daniel Stern, but I wanted to find notes of, of him in my mannerisms and in my voice and in, in my delivery. I was excited, a very actually thing. I would, I would try and, and incorporate him. And so we watched all these Daniel Stern movies you know, while we were preparing to shoot the movie and Jeremy and I would, would, I would take notes. I had a notebook and I would, Oh, the way that he says this long O sound or the way that he, he moves his shoulders when he's angry and, Oh, I'll do this. He does this thing with his hair that, that when he gets excited and I'll and Jeremy just let me kind of do all this observing and he was kind of laughing at the back of the room. And then when we were done, he, he kind of took the notebook gingerly away from me and said, no, 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 son. We, 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 we want to highlight how different you are and that he's become something other than you. And, and so Jeremy found all these fabulous ways to visually mirror us and suggest that we are the same person, but that we have radically gone down different paths and that I become this other thing. And that became much more of the vision for the film. And, and I think obviously that's the smarter way to go. And, and uh, I'm, I'm glad, thank God I have a good director. That's why he's the, that's why he's the director and I'm a mere puppet. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the, tell me the story about um, Daniel Stern's request for his accommodations for this film. Because oh. I thought that was really wonderful. Well, yeah, sure. well, so we were shooting in a, in a small town in, in northern Canada and, you know, there's no five-star hotels there, but, but there, there's some nicer places to stay. And so we put together this list of all these great hotels and, and really beautiful Airbnbs, the nicest, largest houses on the river, you know, with all the amenities. We tried to find, we wanted him to be comfortable to co- coming up from Hollywood to make this film. And he requested, <laughs> he went online and he found a, shack a sh- basically a, a, a shack way out in the wilderness on a lake 40 minutes from the town dirt road dirt road another dirt road uh through the forest no running water the water was pumped up in it from from the lake and no cell phone no wireless nothing that's where he wanted to stay and we thought it was oh great he's crazy and we thought okay he's not <laughs> <laughs> but guess what? He's not. He he likes the idea of the seclusion. He, he's playing a character who's been secluded and, and isolated 
for 20 years, hiding, waiting for time to catch up with him. And I think, you know, Daniel really liked the idea of being away from it all. And he's not a, he's not a five-star hotel kind of guy. He is a man of the earth, and um, I think he probably would have just lived in a cave in the woods if we'd allowed it, but I don't <laughs> think we could get him insured for that. Yeah, Jonas is not underestimating this place. We, we, you literally had to know how to get there. You couldn't just like follow directions you, outside of having like the geographical coordinates. We after after dinner one night, we we drove him out there home, and like the power was not working, and he was like, "I'm good." So are you? Sure. <laughs> he had candles, I hope. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I, no, he's like, I got a candle. I got my, my acoustic guitar. I'm good to go. There was no GPS. Like, you couldn't use, you couldn't use your phone's GPS because there was, no, there was no signal. It was really off the, it was off the grid, totally off uh, the grid. Yeah. Three of us knew how to get out there. So if something happened to the three of us, Daniel Stern would still be there. <laughs> Well, it, it added to his performance, I, I, I take it, for sure, for sure. Jeremy, what was it like, though, for you to direct sort of an, uh, a childhood idol in Daniel Stern? Because you, as you both said, you grew up with him. I mean, what was it like directing him? Yeah, I mean, I guess by the point of, like, when it came down to the actual directing on, on set and that kind of stuff, uh, like Jonas said, we'd spent uh, a year at that point kind of collaborating with them and then talking to them, you know, on the phone and through, through Skype and, and those kind of things. And so I think by the end of my first, our first call with, with, uh, Danny, you know, we got over the whole, Oh, he's this icon who I, I look up to and, and I admire. And, you know, he just became a collaborator and human being. And, and, and luckily uh, that happened very quickly. And so there, I didn't, you know, by the time we got together in Sudbury, all the starstruckness had, had long worn off because at this point he was just Danny. He was like the guy we were working with. And, and, you know, so that it didn't really phase me. I think I just didn't think about it because it would have messed me up big time. <laughs> uh, you know, no, but that is the trick that the, the truth is just as quickly as you possible, find ways to humanize people, your heroes because otherwise you know, you're not going to be able to work with them the way you would work with anybody else. And I think that's the, the only way to do it. I mean, it's the same with working with Franny Francis Conroy. I mean, that was the one oh, that was even yeah. more of it. A head mess for me because she came on later on. So we didn't have as much time with her leading up to it. But the thing about Franny is she's just, I mean, she's a force of nature into herself. Mm -hmm. And after the first phone call I had with her, I'm just like, she's just a giant nerd. They just really were just excited about and doing all the actively research I'm used to with other actors. And, and so, it, you know, they, I think actors of, of their sort who aren't, you know, divas and aren't like these people who see themselves as, as the greats that they are, they just want to get down and do work. Right. You know? And so it's very easy for you to just do that with them. They, they don't put on airs as if they are above you. Or anything, they they come to play and they come to work. And so, to be honest, uh, I didn't have to worry about you know being nervous directing them because they were willing to be directed. That's wonderful. They're true actors. They love the, the yeah. Art no, they actors. really, really are. And 
and collaborate. And the way I, I, I'm not a dictator, like I, I come to play. I'm there to, mm-hmm. you know, take it. I mean, they're also smart actors. I, I think as a director, my job isn't necessarily to come in and dictate a performance or to prescribe performance. I, I assume that my collaborators, whether it be a cinematographer or an actor, is like a great chef. And they're going to prepare something for me. And before I go and put salt on it, I want to see what it is. And, you know, and so it's really my job is to watch what they've prepared. And then, you know, if there's something that's not quite right with it, then I come in and I add my salt or whatever it is. I love but, it. What uh, a beautiful, yeah, what a beautiful analogy. It really is. Yeah, I don't want to get in the way. I, I think, you know, good directors know when, when the hell they get out of the way and when to step in. Yeah, I, I mean, carry they... my own hot sauce uh, with me, so you know, I just you carry what? Dump a little they... hot sauce, uh, my own hot sauce. <laughs> so I can just, I can just dump some hot sauce right on there. I, I, I got a do. whole spice rack I use with Jonas. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you two have a great time on the set. You know, and the, not the, best... the kind of spices you'd expect. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. There's some sage well, in know... there. Ah, well, they say some, you know, the best performances are those when people, you know, exactly that kind of environment where you allow the actors to, you know, exactly that come and play and, and, and develop and, and play with different things and do different things. And rather than have that stern, you know, uh, authoritarian type of directorial style. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Jam Price Show all about movies. And my guest today, our award-winning actor, lead actor, Jonas Schernick, who's also the co-writer and producer, and then award-winning director, Jeremy Lalonde, who's also the co-writer and editor of this wonderful movie called James Versus His Future Self. You had your debut at uh, the American, the U.S. Um, opening, I believe, at the Santa Barbara Film Festival. Is that correct? Yeah, the that's right. The we Yes, we premiered in the United States at the Santa Barbara International Film Festival in January. And what was the response like? Just in time before the world. uh, (laughs) The response, you know what? Honestly, it was. I think Jonas and I were kind of beside ourselves because uh, we'd both been to the Santa Barbara Film Festival before. Actually, ironically, that even though he and I are both filmmakers that live and work in Toronto, that was where we met. We both had competing sex comedies there, and uh, I think it was Jonas. Yeah, t- 2013. Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, and so we we kind of met there, and uh, and our our friendship blossomed from there. And you're both but from Toronto, was, and you're both from Toronto. We both live in Toronto. Jonas is originally from uh, Manitoba. Oh my God! But you're both um, Canadian, but, and you have to come to the states to the Santa Barbara yeah. Film Festival to meet. <laughs> that's that hilarious. Yeah. Well, that talks about well, kis- kismet. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, so we we were really kind of bowled over by the reaction we got in Santa Barbara because we found that you know we we as we were walking up and down the street throughout the that entire week that we were playing, we kept on getting stopped by people who saw the movie and wanted to talk about it. And you know we we both been to a lot of other festivals with a lot of other movies in this movie too. And uh, and because you know a lot of that that festival in particular takes place pretty much all along one stretch. Uh, yes. at multiple theaters, but right. it was just, we were really, really like, I don't think like probably an hour went by when we were outside walking the streets that someone didn't stop one of us and want to talk about the movie, which was just really, really kind of beautiful and lovely. And that's, it's kind of like the magic of film festivals. 
Yes, it is. And I, that Santa Barbara Film International Film Festival is one of my favorites. For that reason, it's everybody's very accessible. And it, you're right, it's, you know, it's one street, you just walk up and down where most of the theaters are in the same area. And it's, I've been going there for 12 years, I think. And I just, I love that festival. I'm sorry I didn't see your film at the festival, but I did definitely wanted to see it and interview both of you. Tell me a little bit, what would each of you, if your future self came to talk to you, what would they, what would you want them to tell you? If you could change something oh. in your life, taking this concept of your movie and putting it into your own lives. What message? Yeah, I don't know. Ahead, buddy. You, have Jesus, you know, I don't have a great answer for that. I think, <laughs> I think the answer is I don't, I mean, I, here's the thing. If I went back and explained my life to like myself 20 years ago or 10 years ago, mm-hmm. I think I'd be shocked by who I am now. And, uh, and I, it'd be different from what I was expecting or hoping for maybe, but I don't, I wouldn't want to mess any of it up. And so, I mean, I guess I just want to make sure that I'm okay and everyone's healthy and happy is all I really would want to know. But it's, I, I kind of just, I, I'm, you know, Especially right now, I've, I've, you know, in the last couple of years, I've gone through a bit of a, my own little journey with, uh, you know, getting myself healthy and, you know, living in the present and that kind of stuff that I'm, I'm pretty comfortable just living life as it is now and, and things happen as they're supposed to happen. So I, I kind of, kind of gotten over that to some extent. And I'd say we've done, we did, we did enough research on, you know, time travel theory to know that if you can go back, don't talk to yourself. <laughs> That's the, I mean, everyone knows that from the movies and it's true. That could ruin everything. Just stay out of your own way. That's my advice to myself. Yeah. Stay out <laughs> of your own way. That's a good, Follow that's the good path. advice. So if good. I could go back like four months, I'd, I'd tell myself to sell all my stocks. <laughs> <laughs> And except for Zoom, invest heavily in Zoom. And Zoom. <laughs> or any others that are similar. Other than that, that's, that's my yeah. one-time travel. Yeah, that would uh, be good. <laughs> well, you know, you're right. You know, we, you know, I went to Sundance right after uh, Santa Barbara Film Festival, and we got in under the gun. I mean, all the years, you know, before everything started to collapse. How has this affected your movie and the way you were going to release it? And, and we're going to talk about where people can see this movie. Because it, it is fun. It's a great, fun movie for people to watch while they're sitting home right now until we uh, finally will get back out into the world and movies are released in movie theaters again, but that's going to be a number of months away. Um, so what? Uh, how has this affected the release of your film? Were you planning on going to other festivals after Santa Barbara? Well, actually, th- this sort of happened right at the end of our festival run. So we, we, did, we played Santa Barbara, we played in Kansas City, we played in San Francisco in the States. Um, we had our European premiere at the Glasgow Film Festival about, a, I think, a week or two before lockdown happened. So we got back safely from that. We, we've we've done the festivals, and we have, we missed a couple of European festivals that we were scheduled to go to. Jeremy was going to go to Amsterdam and Brussels for the Brussels International Fantastic Film Festival. Those were canceled. But the good news is the movie is available right now in your living room. Uh, okay, good. Yes, Tell us we where scheduled. we can see it. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Uh, we were scheduled to open in theaters in about 10 different American cities, uh, as well as digital and VOD at the same time. Um, the theater thing obviously didn't happen, but you can find the movie on digital in the United States as of yesterday. That's May 1st. Um, we, you can find us on iTunes uh, and, and everywhere else where you watch a, a VOD movies. 
there's also a, a DVD Blu-ray release coming up in a couple of months. Um, and the film is, is also available in, in Canada. We were released in Canada in April. You can find us there. And in the UK on Sky TV, which reaches, I think, 27 million homes uh, in the UK. So you can find it. It's out there. You don't have to look that hard. It's right there in front of you on your TV. Just well, uh, I, turn it on. Search just turn it on, and there you are. Well, I thank you both for being on the show. I, the James and his future self, I definitely recommend that everybody uh, go find this movie. It's just fun. It's just a really fun movie. And thank you, Jonas and Jeremy, again. And, and I wish you much success with your future films and with this one. Thanks, Jan. Thanks so much. Uh, thank you. Have a great day. If you've missed any of the Jan Price shows all about movies, you can can listen on the iHeart Podcast Network and on your smart TV. Just type in Jam Price Show. Thank you for listening. On Power Talk AM 1460 and FM 101.1, streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio, Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show. 